Ignition sequence start. Welcome to the Selected Podcast, brought to you by Sesimers, the social network for tech events. Hi there, this is Ben from Sesamers recording live in Paris during VivaTech 2023 for the Selected Podcast, covering everything from entrepreneurship, investment, culture, politics, and events. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so you get the next episodes. Now let's get started. We're meeting with Pierre Pallier, the co-founder and co-CEO of Notpla. Hi Pierre, how are you doing? Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you start by telling us about your work at Notpla? What is it that you do? Yeah, so Notpla, we are uh, developing packaging made from seaweed instead of plastic. So it's all about creating sustainable options for brands who want to switch away from all that plastic packaging that gets thrown away. And we think that seaweed has a pretty amazing potential to, to replace that. What is your background? What were you doing before this? So I used to be a packaging engineer uh, working a lot with plastic. I, I worked at L'Oreal, the cosmetics company, uh, for a few years, making shampoo bottles and cream jars by the hundreds of millions. Um, realized it was not for me, so I quit that job and came to London mm -hmm. to study a master's called Innovation Design Engineering, where I met my co-founder at Imperial College. And that's really where the project started. So that was in 2014? Yeah, so 2012-2014 was the Masters. Um, the project started as a as a student exploration. It wasn't really meant to be a startup. Um, we we're just kind of like excited about the idea of making a, a man-made fruit. How do you create something that feels like it could come from nature? Okay. And we're just and like playing around with materials in the kitchen, from starches to uh, gums, from roots of different kind of like uh, fruits, and eventually seaweeds. Um, and we made a little kind of like bubble that was inspired by the way a fake caviar is made mm -hmm. um, but like bigger and transparent and it was definitely a weird kind of like prototype but the wonderful thing is that it was edible and so you could make packaging that was kind of like edible for, for liquids and we made a video of that posted it online thing that was the end of the project but that video went viral got like hundreds of millions of views and we were like wow people are really excited about this we should probably look into developing it a little bit more because at that point it was very very early stage so when we graduated we got like a few um, like chemist engineers to start working on the project and that's how we got started um, you you call yourself a startup uh, why do you think uh, not play as a startup I think we are probably like in that gray zone startup scale up um, I think we are a startup because um, we are uh, we're developing a portfolio of different solutions mm -hmm. um, and some of our solutions are kind of like on the earlier stage of of, of, uh, of things so that's definitely the startup mentality where you need to kind of like solve everything holistically super quickly without a huge amount of, of support but on the other end some of our products are now kind of like fully industrialized replacing millions of single-use plastics available in multiple countries so I think it's the, the two sides and that's why we are like in between. Got it. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the technology actually that is behind uh, this type of products that you're build, uh, building and how different it is from other biomaterials? Yeah. Um, so there's a huge amount of confusion in kind of like um, uh, materials, especially around plastic. Um, and thankfully, the European Union has defined once and for all what is and isn't a plastic. So basically, um, a polymer is a plastic if it's either polymerized, not in nature, but by humans. Mm -hmm. Or if you take something from nature, a polymer from nature, but you chemically modify it into something else that doesn't exist in nature. Okay. And so that creates a bit of a category that's called native polymers that are 
are essentially not plastic. They are like the celluloses and starches and all of the like uh, hydrochloride you can get from seaweed uh, are part of this category of materials that have been around for millions of years. And that's what we focus on our attention on. Um, so there's lots of bioplastics like PLA, PHA that are um, they're great because you don't kind of like uh, make them out of like fossil fuels, but they're still plastic. They don't exist in this planet for more than 50 years and they create a lot of problem at end of life. Whereas if you use natural materials, you know that like if you lose your packaging, nature can break it down anywhere without kind of like creating any kind of uh, long lasting waste. Interesting. And um, I was wondering, like you said earlier that you, you didn't really plan to be an entrepreneur like you were more. I mean, is it really like a real thing or you wanted to be an entrepreneur at some point in your life, you just didn't know what to do? Like, are you, I think you have a family of uh, business people. Um, yes and no. I think that like what I was really excited about is um, the innovation and the potential of this pro this product mm. to replace uh, like all of that plastic. Wow. And I think that like the only way was actually entrepreneurship. And it turns out that entrepreneurship is super interesting because you constantly learn a lot of new skills and it's very kind of like rewarding when things are kind of like working well. So I think that it is a path that suited me well, but I never really kind of like approach it being like, I want to start a startup and I will have to find a project mm. and I will find a co-founder and I will just... And what about your co-founder? Similar, I think that like it's one of our strengths that like we're here because we're really excited about the products that we can put in this world. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're kind of like doing the ushering of those products to a level where they're going to kind of like play that role that we want them to see. But I don't think we are kind of like uh, to Mark Zuckerberg about it of kind of like clinging onto this kind of like um, this position for forever because it's really about like believing that right now we are the best people to do that job but maybe in the future. An interesting element also is that I see that both of you are CEOs. Why? Yeah. Why co-CEOs? So it's uh, it's actually really nice. Like the other day we were at the kind of like um, portfolio days of one of our investors and they were like three co-CEOs. Um, so it's starting to be a lot more kind of like uh, mainstream. People are kind of like uh, embracing a bit. The fact that I think um, startups are all based on like some kind of like innovative technology or product or business model but when it comes to kind of like the uh, organizational structure it's very old school and it's usually projected by your first investor the business angel who's been kind of like thinking of like a pyramid from like day one but actually I don't think that that's necessarily like always working the best so I think with my co-founder we have this amazing ability to kind of like externalize our ideas and it makes them so much more kind of like easy to shape than like when everything is kind of like bouncing around in one head so we use that to our kind of like benefit and then it's about like knowing how to work together and convincing each other quickly which obviously after eight years of working on this we are kind of like well versed in doing uh, how do you divide work so if you're two co-CEOs like for example what uh, Ivory has a responsibility you have yeah so we, we haven't done like a, a split per function okay. but we do split on projects okay. uh, but the amazing thing is that for example last December we win the Earthshot Prize there's like a huge amount of kind of like uh, requests for media and so on we are we're double like doubling each other's kind of like weeks so that's that's a very powerful thing i think to to have um and yeah we we, we make it work quite well okay how big is the team now 75 um so across chemistry engineering design biz dev production and based uh, all in london all so in, we're in east london in Hackneywick. okay cool um did you raise funds? Are you planning to raise more? Yeah, so um, to date we've raised about 15 million pounds. Um, 
Uh, we did a first a crowdfunding campaign, so we actually have 900 people on our cap table, which is quite, really cool because that really shows where we came from. From where did you do the crowdfunding? Uh, with Crowdcube. Okay. Um, and that was a fantastic experience. We had like a lot of visibility out of it, and it, it was like something that we we cherished quite a lot. That this was first backed by people before being backed by kind of like uh, funds and and traditional investors. But then we are also really happy that now we are also backed by uh, impact uh, VC funds and family offices. And now we're looking at our Series B. Um, we've really kind of like unlocked in the last six months our manufacturing capacity, uh, multiplied by 500% uh, and reduced our cost by half. So we feel like we're on this inflection point and we are uh, starting discussions around Series B. Okay. Um, how does it work? Like on like this uh, growth is licensing or how do you do it? So it's retrofitting. So okay. we see a huge opportunity to look at existing factories that transform um, like plastic or synthetic materials and finding the way to make our seaweed work in those kind of like factories. So for example, our takeaway boxes, they are all now manufactured, like the coating is applied uh, in Manchester in, uh, in in the factory that used to kind of like apply synthetic materials onto uh, cardboard. Um, at the moment, we go all the way to kind of like the final boxes, but we are starting to get conversations to just apply the coated board to the converter so that they can basically make whatever box for whatever client. So I think the, the goal in Infine is to provide the input packaging materials mm -hmm. and machinery if needed, just like a Tetra Pak is doing that uh, with uh, with plastic and cardboard. Like how crazy can it be like uh, if you think of the future of not ply, like what are developments or projects that you, maybe you, you have already on the pipeline, I don't know how much you can share, yeah, this um, will be like insane for people to learn that you're doing stuff like that. Up until now, we've been doing mainly uh, coatings and flexible membranes. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like, um, um, and is a, a huge kind of like use of plastic, but rigid materials were always a bit kind of like trickier to, to achieve. But we have like had a, a, a pretty significant kind of like uh, breakthrough in, in the past kind of like year of starting to be able to injection mold um, our seaweed material and, and form all sorts of different products. Um, and we've just won a, a grant uh, in, in the UK for kind of like furthering this work so I think that like what we are starting to be able to do around rigid is really really exciting because it's like composite materials type of business no? yeah so um, we're injecting pure seaweed um, and yeah. that's really kind of like the, the goal but like uh, the first thing we're making is like cutlery hangers disposable razor kind of like uh, there's all sorts of different things that we can do that are kind of like today plastic but shouldn't be yeah. it. Um, that's super interesting why are you here at VivaTech um, so um we are based in London, but we are very much kind of like um, like open to uh, business in Europe. And actually, Europe represents about 50% of our, our turnover. Um, so it's very important for us to kind of like find partners locally. I think that like France is super exciting in terms of um, how much it's grown for the startup uh, ecosystem, innovation, investors and like corporates that are really understanding the opportunities. Uh, so I think that's really what VivaTech represents. Um, and I think also that like, it's a great opportunity to raise our profile here because if we need to kind of like expand at some point, um, have a base in, in Europe, um, France could be a good one. 
Okay, and so uh, what are you doing specifically here? Are you exhibiting? Are you speaking? What's the what's the yeah? Thing? How many so, people are here? So we ha- we're we're four. Um, um, I've just kind of like done a, a like a speech on the discovery stage. Um, we have a booth where we show all our different packaging solutions. Um, so we're really here for like the entirety of like VivaTech to have conversations. And the booth, you you how, how did you get it? Um, you like bought a booth. You wanted to have no, like, booth, or you want something that uh, yeah. invited you? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think like there was like we're, we're one of the only um, kind of like packaging solutions here in the Vivatech. So there was I think a need um, of representing what is happening on this space, and that was a really good fit for us. So we like responded positively to the okay. request to come. Okay. Okay. Uh, the talk you made, I saw also that on your profile that you you I guess you like to speak because you spoke at events. Yeah, I think it's Even part the, of the, the TEDx, uh, yeah, right? um, a couple of TEDx and um, a number of kind of like, I think it's it's part of like that edu- education piece. I think one of the things that we are kind of like um, fortunate uh, at NotPlat to do is be surrounded by um, like PhDs in material science who really understand the consequences of like the materials that we use. And, and, and I think that like we are, we're just scratching the surface on like how problematic plastic really is and how wonderful the system of natural materials can be and so I think that like one of the things I'm really passionate about is like educating people that we need to take seriously the problem of plastic more seriously than we are today but also that like we need to look at like nature-based solutions because they essentially have been proof tested for the last billion years how do you see the company in the future like how big is it are you selling it like what's what's like the end play yeah I think we see it through the lens of impact. Um, so um, obviously, we we see how like partnering with a big packaging company that has the distribution networks, the access, um, all of those kind of like uh, supporting elements being a, a huge acceleration point for us to bring our solutions to to those markets. Okay. So we are open to that, but obviously, like it needs to be about acceleration, not about putting it in the drawer while focusing on the good old recycling and reuse that are the two solutions that push more plastic in the system and we want less plastic in, less plastic out. So I think that's, that's really how we would look at it. Um, but um, certainly the the like the goal is that um, we expand geographies. So our eyes are on the US now. Um, and I think that like the goal is to make those solutions that have been felt like validated in Europe available in, in, in a few other geographies. That's the goal of the Series B. What are the big uh, brands that you don't work with your product? Like, for example, you yeah. mentioned that you were working at L'Oreal initially. Are they yeah. using you or not? Yet? So, uh, yeah, maybe like uh, maybe <laughs> I hold a grudge against L'Oreal. I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I, we would love to work with, with them. I think that like um, there could be lots of things that we uh, can be doing. Um, so one of our long-term partners, Just Eat, uh, yeah. who is kind of like, um, like helping their restaurant partners to use uh, more sustainable packaging. Uh, we're now active in eight countries with them in Europe. Um, and actually, they're also a partner of the, the UEFA. So on Saturday, it was the final of the Champions League uh, in Istanbul. And the whole stadium in Istanbul was only using our packaging. There was no plastic. So it was really a fantastic way of showing that it works at scale and that we can like have those events become more sustainable. Um, one other thing that is quite exciting, we're working with Decathlon now mm-hmm. very closely um, on the like OHO, the little kind of like bubbles. We've worked really closely with them on an energy gel um, solution. They have the ambition of like completely deplastifying all of their energy gel uh, offering and so we're going to help them to do that so that's quite exciting hopefully seeing some of that like um, launch in the market in France um, uh, later in the summer 
that's amazing um you said l'oréal maybe in the future you work with them you yeah I mean, that, right? yeah for sure <laughs> uh that's good um also one more maybe a couple more questions uh, before we wrap up but i was checking the website and uh, you have like a shop yeah which is like kind of interesting story here because as we can uh, learn from this conversation the growth and the business uh, ambition of the company is around they b2b Correct. Kind of, you know, your provider, you're hidden behind the, the brands that are using yeah. your, your product, and this is going to be the growth. Um, but you still have a shop. Like, I can go online yeah. as a consumer, as a fan of the early days, and buy stuff online from your website. Yeah. So, we, we see the value of the shop twofold. Um, the first one is like um, that feedback loop with some of our kind of like end users is super important. And there's no better way than kind of like transacting directly with uh, independent restaurant groups uh, that are kind of like essentially um, able to give us this feedback that makes the product better. Um, the other thing is that um, basically to access clients you need to be listed in those big distributors kind of like catalogs and it turns out that it's very hard to get listed into kind of like those uh, distributor catalog catalogs so for a very long time the only way we had found was like directly um, kind of like either through just it because we had that direct relationship or direct through our kind of like web shop um, now um, like since a couple of, of months we are now listed by Bitfood which is one of the biggest kind of like UK uh, distributor they are the wheels to 45,000 kind of like uh, food service restaurants. So that's amazing because it means that now people don't have to have a, a Notplay account for buying their boxes and then buy their kind of like um, paper bags and straws somewhere else. They can just buy the whole thing mm -hmm. from one account. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference for us. Uh, but obviously like why getting did, listed. Why, why did it take so long to get listed there? Basically, I think like the incentive for distributors to kind of like list better product is is not the highest um, and also um, they, the way it works is that they have kind of like a very long to-do list of things to just check um, and validate those are like the industry standard things and typically you don't really get to check those things um, until you're running at scale so it's very hard for kind of like not at scale products to be able to have all of the like accreditations and papers that kind of like show that you've been doing things the way it's always been done and so on so that's been one of the kind of like uh, things that actually took um, like month and even like years to just get them comfortable with the fact that now we are fully at scale and we are able to deliver millions of units okay um, one last question what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are interested in uh, tackling environmental issues I think there's a huge opportunity. Um, I think that like um, one of the advice I would, I would I would give them is around um, creating a team and surrounding yourself. Um, the amount of people who want to work on something that has a strong purpose is like already insane, but it's growing all the time. So basically, you're gonna be able to get the best people, and that's a super exciting prospect. And it means that like you need to really kind of like feel. Um, kind of like like you've got this opportunity of creating this amazing team because people will want to work with you even if you're offering half the salary and kind of like um, not necessarily the job title that they are kind of like getting in a big corporate and that's um, something that like 
if if you haven't been kind of like uh, experiencing it, you have a bit of imposter syndrome, and you're not necessarily kind of like realizing that that's that's just the way of like um, like the way the, the 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 world is going. And I think that's a really exciting kind of like opportunity for for purpose-led startups and startup founders. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. No worries. Good luck with uh, Notna. Thanks. And yeah, if uh, uh, there's 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 a few ways to help us, but like certainly to tell um, your local takeaway um, food provider that they should really look at like more sustainable packaging. It's always helpful. Just like tag your at Notpla on on their Instagram, and they'll they'll get it over time. Uh, and the second thing is we are like really um, opening conversations with investors for the Series B. Amazing. Perfect. So you heard this. Uh, tag your tag not plan on Instagram if you want to get uh, products uh, distributed or used by your local uh, takeaway. And if you're an investor, and I know we have investors listening to this part, go ahead and reach out to Pierre. Where do we find you online? Twitter, LinkedIn, yeah, Insta? All of the above. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're recording live from Paris at VivaTech 2023. Don't forget to subscribe to the selected podcast on your favorite platform to get the next episodes and join us on Sesamers, the social network for tech events. See you there. Bye.